Hello and welcome to season two of Trump 101. I'm Meg Carwana, a junior media studies major. I'm Gabriel Greshler, a junior politics major. I'm Raquel Gonzalez, a senior media studies major. And I'm Ali DeFazio, senior politics major. We hope your summer was cool and calm. Speaking of something not calm, there was so much Trump-related craziness that happened over the break. We don't have time to address all of it in one episode. However, there was something that happened in our own backyard of the Bay Area this weekend. What is Patriot Prayer? Is it a white supremacist group? Is it a white nationalist group? Is it a racist group? No, it is not. Absolutely not. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to bring people together who believe in freedom, believe in love, okay, believe in peace, and believe in free speech. Joey Gibson is the leader of the group called Patriot Prayer. This group announced a freedom of speech rally to take place at Chrissy Field on Saturday. Many feared white supremacist, neo-Nazi, and other alt-right groups would join the rally, like those seen in Charlottesville less than two weeks before. On Sunday, counter-protesters of Patriot Prayer marched in Berkeley as well. So here's what unfolded last weekend. Thursday, two days before the planned Patriot Prayer, 3.30 p.m. Permit has been approved for rally at Chrissy Field for this Saturday. Did you guys get the email from USF? Provost Donald Heller sent an email to the entire University of San Francisco community. In it, he denounced the alt-right groups many worried would come to the Patriot Prayer Rally. He also offered USF students an alternative event to attend, USF Against Hate. This on-campus event would give students a space to counter-protest without fear of violence. Friday, the day before the rally, 3.19 p.m. Shit. Okay, everyone's saying Patriot Prayer canceled their event. Someone from the Chronicle just tweeted it out. I guess they're having a 2 p.m. press conference at Alamo Square Park instead. Let's plan on Gabe and Allie going to Alamo Square tomorrow. I'll go to USF Against Hate. Got it. Sounds good. We can do that. Meg, you want to do Berkeley? Yeah, let's do it. Saturday, day of SF rally, 10 a.m. Patriot Prayer canceled Alamo Square. We should still go and see who's there. Yo, apparently there are people protesting Patriot Prayer at Alamo Square RN. I gotta finish this other article, then let's get over there. I'm getting in the shower now. Let's meet at 1. Oh my god, there are news helicopters above my apartment. We gotta go. Okay, I'm here. Though both rallies are canceled, counter-protesters peacefully march from Alamo Square into the Mission District. My name is Amy Myers. I'm a junior immediate studies student. I'm here because things need to change and it's obviously come beyond a point where people really need to do something about the Nazi that's in office right now and people just can't sit back and watch it happen. We need to actually do something about it because it's up to us to change it at the end of the day. 1.40 p.m. Oi, oi, so we've gotten some okay interviews so far. Raquel, your interviews at USF Against Hate will be super crucial. My name is Danielle Smith. Um, I'm a fourth year student at the University of San Francisco. Uh, my major is performing arts and social justice with a focus in dance and a minor in French studies. Um, so what, what made you choose this event over like the other counter events going on in the city? Um, a lot of reasons. First and foremost, I'm a full-time student, so I wanted to be close to do homework. <laughs> but um, 
apart from that, really, I'm a black woman. I don't really feel safe uh, protesting with white supremacists, you know, right across from me. And I want it to more or less reflect and talk instead of yell. That's where I am right now in my life or... Um, yeah, right now as a senior and really wanting to to talk and to make plans that actually um, promote action and change, especially at USF. Danielle also shares that she loves USF for its Social Justice Foundation, and from that foundation comes a common rhetoric students use. This rhetoric is all about inclusivity. If a student is not using it, even if he or she is simply unaware about how to discuss sensitive issues, he or she can be seen as bigoted. Is there a better way students can talk to each other about controversial topics? I think being more forgiving when we hear things that are uh, may cause like red flags to throw up. So like if you're in class and someone says something that is borderline racist or you know could be offensive, instead of being like that was super offensive, shutting down the conversation, shutting down the learning environment because now they're quiet, now they're not. Um, talking in class or now they decide to drop the class you know I've seen that in some of my classes where a student says something and the class kind of attacks that person and you don't see them rest of the semester because they dropped Um, so really just being like you know like what did you mean by that or how did you hear that or who told you that well, hundreds of anti-hate protesters gathered on the Cal campus this morning. That sign they're holding says, resist hate and racism, patriarchy and war. Sunday, day of the Berkeley protests, 3.27 p.m. Hey guys, got into Berkeley a couple hours ago. Gonna go look for some people to interview. As I walked around campus, I came across Julia, a Berkeley graduate student who is participating in counter-protests. I've been to different protests in Europe, in Italy, in Greece, in Athens and Thessaloniki, and in London. And some of them were much more violent than this, or you can actually feel there was much more people and much more police. But coming here today, I felt really threatened. Like, I was going down the streets and looking at every car moving. And I think it's quite telling, because it's not a big protest. The event that we are protesting again got shut off. But you still feel like kind of like very trapped physically coming here because you cannot really know what can happen since Charlottesville. But I think freedom of speech is talking with somebody rather than at somebody. And most of the time, whenever there is a fascist rally, I don't see that engagement at all. I don't see any kind of like, I want to talk to you but I want to exclude you. I want to efface you as much as I can. Sunday, 3.40 p.m. Hey, yo. So, Meg, here's the contact for an interview at Berkeley. His name is Will Robertson. 3.57 p.m. Finding students to talk to is harder than I thought. Going to talk with Will soon. Will is a junior transfer student at UC Berkeley. He's involved with a lot of on-campus groups, but most notably with Up To Us, a campaign that tackles systemic social issues. I speak with him on the phone to talk a little bit about how students around him are reacting to the events happening in the Bay. Understandably, most students don't really give a shit, although I know a few folks who uh, were much more apprehensive about just kind of going out today. With the potential for violence, I wonder, do students believe the far right is justified to rally in Berkeley? The vast majority of students 
students, I would say, that I have talked to at least are like, well, yeah, of course Nazis have the right to protest. This is, this is free speech shit. This is like what, this is what uh, we've established constitutionally. The protests over the weekend certainly won't be the last in the Bay Area. Classes just started for most students here, and there's a whole semester of uncertainty ahead. Already, provocateur Milo Yiannopoulos and conservative voice Ben Shapiro have both been invited to speak at UC Berkeley by student groups. Conflicts over free speech, much like the one seen last weekend, will arise yet again. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Season 2 of Trump 101, the podcast where we tell the stories of university community members affected by the Trump administration. You can listen to more of our work at Trump101podcast.com and follow us at Trump101podcast on Twitter and on Facebook. Special thanks to the university students we interviewed. Thank you to the University of San Francisco Media Lab for providing the studio and equipment. Thank you to Tin Din for graphic design, and a big thank you to the USF Media Studies Department. They are sponsoring our SoundCloud this season, and we wouldn't be here without their support. We also wouldn't be here without all the Pro Tools lessons and workshops the Media Studies Department has given us. News clips are provided by CBS News. And thank you to our listeners. Tune in for our next episode where we find out, how easy is it to spot a fake news article? <laughs>